Welcome back to Check the Vending Machines, a weekly pop culture podcast on the internet. It's uh, Black Friday weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Black Friday extravaganza. Did you even get a chance to go Black Friday shopping? No, not really. Um, Well, this year there wasn't really a whole lot that I really have had my eye on this year and also i had to work the morning of black friday anyways so i was mm. stuck at work until like 1 p.m so by the time i got out i was like yeah there's probably not that much good stuff actually left anyways so i know i uh i had to work thanksgiving night mm-hmm. and black friday night yeah so at that point i'm, like, I'm just too tired to even yeah. like get up to go do anything you know I hate doing shit before work anyway, so there's, like, no way. Yeah, I'm a much bigger person about doing stuff after work. I prefer that to, like, yeah, like, trying to get up or or do something before yeah. actually heading in. It just basically means that tomorrow is going to be, like, all Cyber Monday. Yeah, that's the big one for us, I guess, usually. Well, even then, dude, the fucking Best Buy yeah. was having all their blu-ray deals like two weeks ago like they already like applied yeah, to the store i saw that a lot that a lot of stores were actually instead of like even like doing stuff like thanksgiving day or whatever which a lot of stores were like closing down for thanksgiving which i mean i'm okay with because i don't really do shit on thanksgiving anyways but i saw that most of them had like started offering their deals like yeah like two or three weeks even three weeks before black friday even happened i mean fucking uh, I was in Best Buy probably maybe three weeks ago, beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were having Blade 4K, $10. And I was like, man, that's insane. And I think Best Buy has a... Um, 4K Wesley Snipes? Woo! Yeah, I think they have a, a, a really, really sick T2 steelbook. And I hate steelbooks. And they've got an interesting steelbook collection at Best Buy. Well, it's it's even then. I don't care for steel books at all. If I have a, I have steel books, and it's not because I choose to get them. I usually don't realize they're steel books until I get them in person, like when I order them mm. online. Um, like my Back to the Future 4K set is a steel book. I actually really I like really, steel books. I like the aesthetic of it. I can't stand them, and I don't trust the packaging. Like my my 4K Back to the Future set, I open it up and it's already broken. Like before I even got a chance to open it, it was already the sealed, the glue of the back of the, sp- the spine was already broken. Damn. But uh, Best Buy has a really, a really fucking nice T2 uh, steel book, even though the 4K transfer is like, no one likes it. Um, so that one, and they have a RAN, uh, a Kurosawa RAN uh, steel book that's like, fucking nice. Okay. So I was tempted to buy those, even though I don't. I don't want the T2 because I don't I don't want that scan. So what's wrong with I the translation of it? It just it's just ugly. Yeah. It just it's just a bad looking transfer. Mm. It's just a terrible transfer, and people were hoping that 
they would have they would redo it for this nice steel book, but they just took the same one they already did years ago for mm. you're gonna find T two four K consistently no matter what time of year for eight dollars. Because it's so poorly reviewed that it's like no. No one's spending more than eight bucks on this piece of shit. Okay. Interesting. No, I hadn't heard so, about T two. Yeah, it looks it, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, is there anything particular, man, you're looking for on Black Friday? Do you, are you buying anything <sighs> for, for Cyber Monday? No, not really. I mean, honestly, I don't have a whole lot of flexible income at this moment. It feels like that happens to me a lot around like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I don't know what happens, but it seems like a lot of times my <laughs> flexible income has usually disappeared in the couple weeks before then. I mean, now it's like I don't really have any because I'm saving a lot of stuff for like moving and whatnot. And I don't know what I need to yeah. buy when I get to my new place. So I just don't really have a lot of, uh, things that would overwrite my desire to save a little bit of money in my move. So, um, yeah, I get that. No, I mean, there was a, I, there was one thing that I saw. It's not like a black Friday thing. I just saw it when I was, I turned in a lot of my old, uh, um, books and some of my old, uh, Blu-rays and DVDs that I didn't want anymore to one of our, local uh used bookstores that is kind of like a mr k's um but i went there and they had a small criterion collection at blu-rays and they had a silence of the lambs one and i was like mm-hmm. i kind of want to get this because i don't know if i told you because we haven't done a wrap-up episode in so long but uh i recently i say recently i think this happened in like fucking september or some shit but uh i watched uh the silence of the lambs and uh the Hannibal movie. And, uh, yeah, I think we talked about I it. I really like Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I thought, well, because I remember on the podcast telling you you need to watch Manhunter. I do remember that, yeah. With, uh, yeah, with Brett Sum from CSI. Yeah, and then um, I remember telling you that like just coincidentally, I, I was re- reading Red Dragon around, around the same time. That's what it was. I think, yeah, I brought it up because you talked about you reading Red Dragon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I was saying how Manhunter and for Manhunter versus the movie Red Dragon, mm-hmm. like they're both really good, but I prefer Manhunter because it's Michael Mann. Yeah, and it's like super eighties versus <laughs> the Red Dragon Edward Norton. Um, you know, which is a great movie. Um, Ray Fiennes is the Red Dragon in that, right? I think so. I think he I'm pretty sure. That feels right. Or Tooth Fairy or whatever, whatever the character, the monster, the serial killer's name is. I think Tooth Fairy, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Ray Fiennes. Yeah, I think it's him. Yeah, it's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of him, though, we'll see him in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, we will. But hey, man, we're here, and you would assume that we will be starting The Matrix. Well, this is a busy... prepare. December's a busy month for us, Jason. We got a couple of big it bangers is. coming out, and in the lead out to two of those bangers, we decided to start with. Actually, don't know. I guess we wanted it because we wanted the direct lead up to the one we're gonna watch first. Happen. Yeah. So we are doing our initial ramp up to, the King's Man, uh, next month, starting with. The 2014 original Kingsman: The Secret Service by um, Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, I'm also surprised to hear that it's 
2014. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked it up and I was like, it felt like a 2015-2016 movie, but I think that's when the second one came out. I think the second one was like 2017. It just feels weird that movies are co- that came out in 2014 even because like it, it doesn't feel like that was a long time ago. Yeah. But that's almost 10 years ago. Yeah, well, it's 8 8 years almost 8 years now. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. To think that time has flown by that fast. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially uh, for, like, Taron Egerton, because he started this movie, he was basically a nobody, and now he's, like, I mean, he's not, like, huge, yeah, but, I, I mean, he was, he's been Elton John, and he's been in a bunch of other pretty decently high-profile high movies, so. I, oh, yeah, um, Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood, uh, Eddie the Eagle. I know that um, when this movie was coming out, I knew it was a Mark Miller Yeah. Mark Millar. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Miller. Is it? But, uh, I've always heard it Millar. But it probably Yeah, is. but I'm pretty sure it's like a, like a, a Irish or Scottish. I can't. I don't know where he's. He's from one of those places, mm-hmm. Irish or Scotland. I can't remember which one. But I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Miller, just spelled Millar. Okay. But I always end up saying one or the other every other time I say yeah. it. But Miller word, M- Miller world, Millar world, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that it was a comic book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. The Secret Service. Because um, I'm a huge fan of his stuff. Yeah. Because he is, he is like the, the master of, I'm going to give you a six-issue mini, mm-hmm. and then I'm out. Yeah. You know, six issues, boom, next thing. Yeah, he's very good about having a distinct story that he wants to tell, and he tells a story, and he's like, all right, I'm done now. And then, you know, and I, I just didn't, I just never read Kingsman or Secret Service. Mm-hmm. I never read it until like maybe a year after I watched the movie, but I was I read everything else he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I obviously the big one that everyone, if you're a comic book fan, Kick-ass. at least back back then, I I not even I never read. Kick-ass. Oh, you didn't? No, it was Civil War. Oh yeah, Civil War. Yeah. Civil War was what? Okay, I get this guy, and I'm drawn into his storytelling, and then I went back and read old stuff, and he reminded me of. We talked about this before in the podcast, but we're gonna, I'm going to bring it up again. All the things about Garth Ennis that I like, mm-hmm. Mark Millar does also. Extreme brutality, yeah. cool action sequences. But I think I think better action sequences. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mark Millar and they're very different writers, so I'm not trying to like compare the two as though they're similar. They're very different. Yeah, I get, but I get the comparison though because I think they, I think yeah, definitely what you've pointed out is they have definitely a lot of similar tropes in both of their work. They're both heavy on the. I think they're both really big on taking the tropes of a certain genre and flipping them on their head. They usually like ramp the maturity up and they're all usually also really about the brutality. It's just the big difference that Mark Miller loves superheroes yeah. versus Garth Ennis yeah. and superheroes. But you know, even with, with secret service, um, having not read the book first, the comic series first. So I went into the movie thinking, okay, I know it's based on a comic book. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know any of these people except for Samuel Jackson, obviously. And I yeah. know, um, Colin Tom Firth, um, the girl with the blade legs. Mm-hmm. I knew her later. Yeah. Cause of star Trek. And that's kind of it. I feel like I don't think there's anyone else. Oh, um, Mark Strong. Yeah, Mark Strong is probably the other big one. But even him, I don't know him either. I don't know where I know him from. I know him. He was in 
Was he a Guy Ritchie guy? I'm pretty sure he is. is he Wasn't he in like person? Sherlock Holmes? Yes, he plays the he plays one of the He's bad the bad guys, guy right? in the first movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 He's in yeah, Sherlock yeah. Holmes. I think he was in some other stuff too, but I definitely recognize him from like yeah, like Guy Ritchie stuff. So I I, I was, but the trailers, man, just for the movie just looked so fun. <laughs> it looked it, they reminded me they gave me the vibe of like okay here's what James Bond would be if it was on like acid. Yeah. And it was like it was James Bond, but it was an eighties action movie, mm-hmm. and that that sold me right away. Yeah. Uh, even without having any sort of knowledge of what the book was supposed to be, or what the story was going to be, uh, what about you? Do you remember remember when you first were was seeing Kingsman stuff? I remember definitely the trailers looked fun. I can't remember specifically what the trailers like the the style of them, but I definitely remember that like because I think we were that was like the beginning of our podcast when Kingsman came out. I think I think it was pretty early in there probably around there yeah but um but i know i definitely remember watching the trailers and the trailers looked super fun and they had that really good like it felt like even in the trailers they were getting off the satirical spy vibe which i always kind of enjoyed and i mean that's super heavy in the movie too um but yeah i just had like a i just remember it had like a very good energy about it Mm-hmm. yeah I think that's how I, when I when I think back on the movie, mm-hmm. both of them really, but just particular thinking of the first movie, yeah. when I think back on it, um, before before I rewatched mm-hmm. it, all I, I think of like only positives. Yeah, I can't even think of negatives. And then when I watched the movie, I was like, okay, there are definitely some like dumb things here mm-hmm. which are mark millar things like dumb like little stupid things here and the quips here and there that kind of don't really land for mm-hmm. me but overall when i finished watching the movie again probably for the third or fourth time um i ended up just having a really really fun time yeah i think it's about the third time for me watching it too and yeah i mean that's the exact same thought i got out of watching it like the credits rolled and i was just, just like this is just like a fucking fun movie yeah, and it, it's one of those movies where, like, I feel like when we when we complain about or when I complain about not them not making that mid tier action movie anymore, yeah. this is kind of that vibe. It definitely does kind of give I that get. like, which is I mean, it's not because it's like a high budget movie, but it definitely gives like that B action movie type of vibe to it for sure. Yeah, like if they if they took away some of the steady cam shit or whatever they're doing that fucking like the church fake scene one yeah. And they made it, like, look worse. This could be a video store action <laughs> flick. The, with the concept and, you know, everything about it. Yeah. But, um, ha- so, let's let's start at the beginning, man. Okay. So, I, I think the concept as a whole is cooler than James Bond. I think it's super solid. And I like the fact that there's the emphasis on it where it's like, this is a secret society of super spies, like, outside the normal secret society of super spies like it's like the the agents that are above other agencies like the yeah. true independency i like that a lot i and I also i really really like the concept of yes we're we're super posh mm-hmm. we're super gentlemen and like gentle ladies or whatever lady like yeah. so that's 
all tied into the whole atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you be the idea of like being well-dressed, but also having to be a savage at the same time, something about that, like stupid paradox works really well when you have someone like Colin Firth, who's like, yeah, I would never have pictured him to do an action movie. And then he has like one of the best action scenes in like the past 10 years. It's a great, great scene. It's it's the same thing with, uh, with the new one coming out. Like I just, they keep getting these people who I don't expect to do action flicks to go full Liam Neeson, Mm -hmm. you know, and the idea of the movie of the first one is, is pretty much like his dad was a Kingsman. His dad died. His dad was a Kingsman trainee and he basically made it to the final and basically Colin Firth caused his dad's death because he missed something while searching over a prisoner that basically called his his the Eggie's dad to die. Yeah. And so it's all the whole movie is about him trying to make up for the fact that he caused Eggie's dad's death. But then we don't see that Egg Eggsy, right? Eggsy, sorry, not Eggie. That Eggsy does also goes through before the movie even starts. Mm-hmm. He also goes through layers of kingsman training yeah i mean i think i think that's one of the things that i picked up a lot was yeah i mean they talked about the fact that like he was really good in school but he also ended up you know his mom ended up like dating this fucking piece of shit mob like two-bit mobster and that basically like forced him into like the drugs and petty crime type of life he tried to join the military to get away from it and then his mom so this is the other thing which is that eggsy is like a street kid so he's talking to colin firth in the beginning when he's talking about they're going the back and forth about his past and he yeah he talks about him leaving the military and you kind of make it it kind of felt to me like rewatching it where it was like is he lying about his mom going mental because he doesn't want to like admit that he gave up on being in the military or is it just like because i could also just see his mom from like what we know of her character just like going mental and being like, you're going to die on me just like your dad did. Yeah. I yeah. can see it either way. And, and it, it, to me, it was a smart way to do it. And I don't remember how the comic book does it mm-hmm. of like, Hey, by the way, yeah, he's not starting from zero. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has, well, you, you can say, you can say genetics, yeah. whatever, but two, he has training. Yeah. Like, like he, he's not coming from zero. He's a smart kid. He joined the military. Like he has a basic amount of, I guess it was, they said Marines. I'm assuming it's like the UK, like more Royal Marines or something like that. I don't know exactly what uh, the, yeah, I assume. what level of training that specializes in the UK military, but some sort of firearm combat, yeah. basic training. Yeah. So he's not, he's not coming at, at the Kingsman program, like as though he's a zero to hero. He's not actually a straight kid. Of... Like they like kind of portray him yeah. as it's like a, it's like this image that he's, he's adopted mm-hmm. to survive or whatever to, to, to mask whatever. He yeah. Is. Uh, that drip he's got is fucking fly, dude. <laughs> it's so funny to me too. Like how, when I, whenever I look at the pictures of him or, uh, in the, in the, the street wear, mm-hmm. it's so funny to me how different the UK version of a street yeah. kid fashion is versus an American yeah. street kid fashion. Like, to me, that that idea of what he wears is like 1985, yeah, like a track suit, which is still apparently, I guess, popular there. I don't know. Um, but then I'm watching Hawkeye right now, mm-hmm. 
and there's a Russian mafia, and all they do is wear Adidas tracks. Hell yeah, suits. baby. How do you feel about uh, Taron Edgerton as the lead, though? I like him a lot. I think he's really solid in this movie. I think he does a, a good job of portraying that, like, street character with the, the major chip on his shoulder about the aristocracy and the, the people that he basically perceives as being given, like, a leg up in life. And I think they do a really good job in this movie, not just with him, but with, in general, of, like, portraying the, like, the the haves versus the have-nots is, like, a big part of this movie. Uh, yeah. And, and the plotting of it. Not just, like, you know, in the way that Samuel L. Jackson does his whole plot, but also just, like, throughout Eggsy's whole training of the Kingsman is, like, basically him on the outside as, like, this street punk going up against these, like, posh british aristocrat kids who i'll want to punch in the face i i honestly didn't didn't understand either um like why would you only pull from that pool of people? yeah it seems very strange i mean i guess my thinking of it in watching the movie is that it's supposed to be like the It makes it feel like, especially when they talk about how, like, the whole organization was founded as basically built off, like, the backs of, like, you know, that rich aristocracy class who all lost their their heirs in World War One, And so it's all based on, like, that prestige aspect to it. And, I mean, the way the whole Kingsman is set up is, like, basically it's a Knights of the Round Table type of thing. So I guess that also comes with that prestige, too, of, like, you know... If you're a Kingsman, you're basically like a lord or a lady of, you know, whatever your spy domain is. Then I wonder how Eggsy's dad. Well, they talk about that with Colin Colin Firth, because Colin Firth recruited Eggsy's dad. And that was like their first attempt at trying to get a street, like a streetwise punk was Eggsy's dad. So I guess he had a similar type of upbringing to Eggsy. Or at least he just wasn't an aristocrat. So, yeah. Uh, when I when I was rewatching this movie, um, and even even every, even t- every time I watched the movie, mm-hmm. um, cause I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it I saw it after, mm-hmm. um, on home on home video. Which by the way, no one calls it home video anymore. I feel like it's just that's like us growing up with fucking Disney commercials and VHS tapes being like coming soon to DVD now, c- c- coming soon to home video yeah. or coming soon from the vault, uh, on home release. I just feel like this, like the inverse of John Wick, where it's like the final test of the Kingsman oh. exam is like to like kill the dog, like the inverse of John Wick. Dude, and that's like the writing in this movie is like so fucking on point too. Just so many like different like twists and turns. Like all the the whole whole scene with Colin Firth explaining the Eggsy refused to kill his dog, and Colin Firth like shows this stuffed dog, and he's like, "Yeah, I stuffed my dog." And he's like. You fucking shot your dog and stuffed him? And he's like, yeah, I shot him. And then he lived for 12 years because it's not actually a real bullet. It's a test like everything else in the King's training yeah. was. It's always a test. Yeah. And I think – so that's my one kind of big uh, gripe with the movie mm. is that we go right into – the traditional action flick idea where like the main character has to lose to come back to reclaim and you know rise. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, Kingsman's already Kingsman gets destroyed. Yeah. 
And so it's kind of like you don't we won't get to see him like kind of succeed because by movie two, uh, have you seen movie two yet? No, yet, I actually haven't no? seen movie two. Okay, so I won't say anything. But like, but like, even it's not really a spoiler. But even by movie two, like, it's like we don't really see the heyday of Kingsman, yeah. and we never really get to because even when we see now we're waiting for Kingsman. Yeah. Well. The heyday Kingsman, that's not that, because that's the beginning yeah, of it. Yeah, this is all, yeah, them starting out the whole organization, so. So I, I just felt kind of, like, kind of let down not to be able to, not at least have a moment of, like, Eggsy, like, walking through Kingsman headquarters, like, as a full-fledged Kingsman versus, like, oh, no, I'm here, but everyone's dead. Yeah, it's a weird part about, well, well, this is the other thing I don't understand, and I guess... Maybe the second movie explains it a little bit more, but I mean, you get to the end of the first movie and you basically figured out that the the King Arthur of the Kingsmen is a piece of shit, uh, played by uh, Michael Caine, who decides that he's going to sell out everybody. Um, but this is the thing: was it all of the other Kingsmen as well, or was it just Michael Caine that sold them out? I I I don't I didn't catch it either. Because, I mean, I know that Mark Strong has the line where, like, they don't know who they can trust, but it's never brought up again if, like, anybody else betrayed them. I feel like it wouldn't be because the way Sam Jackson has been doing stuff so far is he basically just takes, like, the top dog of whatever organization. Yeah. And, like, obviously he takes – well, I don't know because then he's got the list and it's, like, you know, it's not just the Queen of England. It's, like, all these other dukes and duchesses as well. So I guess it could have been more than just – Michael Caine. They also don't explain at all how the fuck Sam Jackson like meets up with Michael Caine and like gives him the yeah. shit. I don't, there's so, so there's a, a couple of like mini plot holes like that. It's also weird to me that Eggsy going through all of the training and all of like the tests and like showmanship that they've shown in the Kingsman, as far as like all of these tests are concerned for getting the job. I don't know why he wouldn't go into the dog thing and be like, they're testing me again. Cause they already had that shit with the, the train tracks shit where that he thought he was going to die and he didn't give it up. And then they show him that like, Oh, it's just tests. Like we're not really going to kill anybody. Cause it's kind of a bad yeah. guy thing. Or you just like, so I don't know why he suddenly has this epiphany that like, they're actually going to make me kill this dog. I don't know. Or you just, like, take the magazine out, look at the bullet. I guess that, too. But I guess that would defeat the purpose of the test, and they'd probably be like, oh, you don't... don't, don't hey, uh, you always got to check your firearms before. You don't want Alec Baldwin this. Well, that's true. You do got to make sure the thing's, the thing's legit or whatever before you start pulling triggers. Uh, I mean, I guess that probably goes into the whole loyalty chivian thing where you would just trust that they gave you a loaded pistol, but... Wow, well, that worked out well for Kingsman. Well, yeah. <laughs> All the loyalty... I uh, I do want to say though about Taron Edgerton, um, I I thought after this movie came out that he was gonna blow the fuck up. Yeah, I thought so too. He's had a couple he, like, of big I, roles. I remember at the same, like I said at the beginning, but yeah. he hasn't really blown up at the same time. Like it was like him or Charlie Hunnam were like the two I kept thinking of, like two British guys, different mm-hmm. in age, but they are both really popular, getting a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Charlie Hunnam had Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. But then he had like he had the he had the Guy Ritchie movie all yeah, kind of shit. Yeah, Rim, Pack Rim, you know. I'm like, dude, like they're, they're both great. But when I watch Kingsman, and I see like the Eddie Eagle movie, and I see all this other shit that Terry Edgerton does. 
Elton John. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this this guy fucking can do it all. Yeah. This dude has it. This dude has, this dude has everything. It slaps, so I'm man. not sure why we. I don't know why we're not just people aren't just throwing at him like every fucking movie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just can't do like a good. Well, no, he does. Well, no, I don't know. I haven't watched Eddie Eagle. Can he do an American accent? I think that's Australian. Oh, is it? So maybe he just can't do a good American accent, and maybe that's why they haven't put him in a lot of shit. Shit, make him British then. Just change it real fast. Boom, British. Yeah. He's so good in this movie, and for what it to to me, this movie reminds me of like a has such like spoof energy. Yeah. But but not taken like in a negative way. Like it's like it's like spoofy, but like in a in an homage mm-hmm. way. And we talked about this before actually about Matthew Vaughn. Him being so close to Guy Ritchie. Yeah. And him, I'm pretty sure he was he the producer or was he the DP on Lair Cake? Or he directed Lair Cake, but he was a producer on Guy Ritchie stuff, I thought. Uh, I can't remember. Or he, or he we, wrote Guy Ritchie or he wrote that? Guy Ritchie movies? I don't know if we talked about that before. They know I each other. It. Hold on. I'm pr- either he's a producer or was a producer or was a DP or a writer. He did something with Guy Ritchie. Huh. He produced Layer Kink. Who directed Layer He Kink? produced Snatch. And he, he produced Snatch. Produced the lock stop. He lock yeah, he so he produced a lot of Guy Ritchie stuff too. Okay, so so they know each other. Because when I watched Kingsman He directed Layer Kink as well. He directed Layer Kink, right? So when I watched Kingsman, I like see like hyped up Guy Ritchie mm-hmm. pacing. The humor is not there, but the, not the not the British the British stuff. But the, in terms of like the the editing style, yeah. that I I, I, tr- I pretty much give credit to Guy Ritchie and Edgar Wright mm-hmm. are the two people I think about when I think about this like that kind of editing, and the, the way that they shot these fight sequences, which um, I give props to for most of the most for the most part being very enjoyable fight sequences. Mm-hmm. I definitely do have some issues here and there, but for the most part, I'm impressed with how they shot them. They, especially the church scene, yeah. they kept they kept it they kept it on a on a nice distance, and I don't know how they were how they who did the choreography or how they did it, but it looked good. It looks really good. It looked really good. I didn't have looks, any qualms with like issues with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the church scene's good. I think the initial scene with uh, the Galahad. Or no, Lancelot, when he tries to rescue Mark Hamill, that's a really good action scene as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of really good ones in there. Um, and I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, all the stuff with Gazelle, too. I love her as, like, the Bond-esque side, sidekick villain. I think yeah, like a, the bad, the bad, the anti-Bond yeah, girl. Yeah, the anti-Bond girl. I love her. That design is like the the head honcho henchman. Yeah, it's just a weird thing too. Like we wouldn't expect that to be the design. Yeah, with like the like yeah, that, that's the, the way the prosthetic blade legs. Like that shit is, it's you know it, it, even it, next week when you watch uh, Golden Circle, mm-hmm. there's a there's like some really awesome kills in that movie. Mm-hmm. And like I, I remember watching that movie and finishing and being like, and even with this one with the church sequence and stuff, but I remember finishing the movies and being like, this is like Mortal Kombat, like action. They take Mortal Kombat, they take these you no know, spy movies, um, 
what's Michael Caine's spy movie called? Harry uh, Brown? Shit. Is that what it is? Isn't it? I don't think it's Brown. But it's Harry something. Michael Caine. It's a Len, Len Denton book. Len Drayton book. I can't remember what it is. Harry Palmer? Harry... Uh, hold on. Is it not Harry? What the fuck? Hold on. Something Palmer then. So search Michael Caine's spy movie. Oh, is this the wrong Michael Caine? What the fuck? Is there two different Michael Caine? Caine spy movie 60s. Michael Caine's spy movie. God damn it. Spy movie. Oh, I was thinking of a different... A later one. No, this is like the OG ones right here. Hmm. The whistleblower. What's it called though? The character's name. Um, look, Harry Palmer. Oh, okay, Looks I was right. Like... Okay, cool. Yeah, and these movies are like it's so cool to me to have him like tie back into these because because those movies are all that trilogy of movies is also like like sexploitationy like sixties like spy like we're a rip off rip off spy flicks and make them all goofy and they're great like campy ish i don't know if i want to use more campy but they're great movies mm-hmm. so it's cool to have him to have him come back to do this stupid ass fucking spoofy ass spy movie um i don't i don't think nothing really out stands out to me as being a super duper negative everything i think about the movie even rewatching it is just like it's just a fun action movie with a really stupid plot but a really cool, um, a really inventive um, bad guy idea, weapon. Yeah, like bad guy weapon. That's like that's a really inventive idea. It's an, it's an interesting way, and it also makes sense specifically with the bad guy's character, where his whole thing is being against violence. So he's all hands off about anything, and what's more hands off than making people kill each other? Yeah, and honestly, when I went into the movie. The first time, yeah. I I I always in kind of in the zone, and definitely not now, thankfully. But you, especially at this time period, which was like, I had too much Samuel L. Jackson. He was in a lot of He's, shit all the time. He was in all everything all the yeah. time. But in this movie, I was like, okay, we're going this movie. He's gonna be fucking annoying. Ugh. And he he's not. No, I like his character a lot. He's perfectly I think it's fine. Not. I think it's because he's not just being Sam Jackson. Yeah. He's like actually has a like he's not a like, badass little... like Sam Jackson characters normally are. Like he's supposed to be like a nerdy tech billionaire who vomits at the sight of blood and yeah. has V glasses. Right, and he, and he has little quirks that he builds into the character. He's not just he a likes typical Mickey Sam Jackson and wearing uh, fucking flat bill hats. Right, and I think that's even that's like so fucking stupid. Even that's like fucking so dumb that an old man would be doing that or a middle aged guy would be dressing like that. Um, but I think the highlights for me really are the that trio of Kingsman characters. Yeah. The, that they're that that trio because the girl I don't care about any of the guys the guy I don't care mm-hmm. about, but just. I don't even know their names. What's what's Colin Firth's character's name? He's uh, Galahad, I think. So him, XZ, and then whatever Mark Strong's character is. I can't remember his name either. Those guys, that whole trio, yeah. even in Kingsman 2, 
that the 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 chemistry is really really good in in the next movie. And next movie we get Chan Tatum and we get Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I was about to say we get American Kingsman, right? Yeah, and we don't get enough of it, honestly. So you go don't go into it expecting to see a lot of it. Because Jeff Bridges is supposed to be the head of that, right? I yes, I believe yeah. so. Hmm. Yes, and you don't see a lot of it though, which kind of is kind of a bummer. That's annoying. But it it, it is cool though. Especially because I feel like that was one of the things that they like super hyped up a lot leading into Kingsman 2, where they were like, it's the American Kingsman, baby, with a whiskey drinking cowboys. Woo woo! Yeah, and I, I was going into it thinking that, and it's definitely not. But we'll talk about that next week, I guess. All but right. the, yeah, the, the big things that stand out to me about Kingsman are the fact that the action sequences and choreography are really well done, even though they're still. Um, they're not pulled out Hong Kong fight sequences, right. but they're like, we're still, we're doing it with actors. Who Gareth are, Evans who, doing the raid, but. Right. And they're not martial artists doing the fight scenes, but they, you can tell that there's at least practice in the choreography yeah. and you can tell they're shooting it in a way that it's still coherent enough for the, an action movie fan or a person to watch it and know what's going on. And that's we're not, honestly we're not borning super it. surprising, especially with the church scene, because that's it's such a chaotic thing that you could easily have been yeah. fucked up and been discombobulating where you don't know what's they going They could have chose to shoot that move, that sequence with right over the shoulder or hard cut, hard cut, hard cut, fast. They could have did that. Instead, they like slowed everything down, yeah. took it wide, like like pinpointed like the gun at points and like we're so everything was super crystal clear that you're seeing him bob and weave through the crowd and you get leonard scannered over it the whole time Woo! yeah and that to me is like a really smart choice because and everything that we see for the trailers and the king's man mm-hmm. look very similar yeah. like they're taking the approach to action the same way if not the same way as Gareth would, mm-hmm. but they're they're like a pre, they're doing it better than you would see it with like a Marvel movie, at least from what I'm seeing. Because I, I, I like I said, I, I'm watching Hawkeye right now, mm-hmm. and it is bad. It's not good. The show the show is fine, but the action is not good. The action's bad. What? Well, disappointing because I feel like that's got to be the main thing with a Hawkeye movie specifically because it's not about like the crazy bombastic powers because hawkeye doesn't have that like he shoots a bow and arrow so and and there's there's cool it's only up to two episodes out and there's cool arrow shit yeah um but with with kate bishop and Haley steinfeld Mm -hmm. it's so like there's a scene where she puts on the running costume i go and stunt double (laughs) and here we go and stunt double and all that kind of stuff and take it off and then put it back on that's the stunt double doing that hurricane rana and like I get that's 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 called smart, that's called smart working. Yeah. I get it, but it's very clear when you see the actress walk or run. Mm-hmm. And I kept going to, I kept being like, that's the most unathletic run, I have ever seen, and you would think that I'm going to believe that she can do any of this shit, <laughs> like it, it was so like awkward looking, um, but then you have like fight sequences where, Hawkeye's at a LARPing event, okay, and he's like has to like LARP and like fight a bunch of people who are LARPing as a LARP. Okay. And they and they pull the camera back wide and you see this Hawkeye is in slow-mo, like just like beating down everyone. And like that to me is like, okay, that's the perfect. They're taking the time 
the, they don't have to worry about it being super tight knit because it's a LARP event. Mm-hmm. People can they they're gonna purposely look yeah. bad. And then Hawkeye's just gonna be so advanced that whatever. But with Kingsman, they I don't know how long they trained or if they had time or what, but they at least shot it the way to not make it super duper um, confusing and overblown yeah. to where you're missing out on where did this person's arm go? Where did this person's leg go? Which is my number one gripe with any sort of Hollywood uh, produced action flick that doesn't involve Arnold or, you know, John Jay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I definitely, I agree with you there. And I think, yeah, I think the action in this is some of the top notch outside of like the legitimate, like, yeah, like martial arts movies. Yeah, I would agree with you. Well, Zach, mm. is there anything else you want to mention or add to Kingsman before we move to next week for the Golden Circle? No, I think this is one of those movies where there's not much more to elaborate on because it's all just it's just really good. It's just a solid movie. It's a fun watch. If you haven't taken the time to watch it, I don't know what you're waiting on because it's just a good time. It's a good way to spend two hours. And, and and the plot is so basic yeah. that there's no point in even going like to be like oh man because if we, if we even hint at like anything it just ruin it ruins the plot mm. if you care about that kind of yeah. stuff I don't give a shit I care about action yeah. but like in general both movies the second movie has a bigger whoa oh like a but whoa, even whoa. then it's kind. Yeah. Even then, it's kind of like, okay, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, with this movie, yeah, there's not any two moments in plot-wise that are like, whoa. A lot of the whoa moments in this are just like subverting the typical spy genre tropes. How how Matthew Vaughn kind of turns those on uh, its head. But that's not anything specifically in the plot. That's just like stuff that you would expect to happen. And he's like, gotcha, bitch. So... Yeah, and I do want to end with this. My favorite fight scene in the movie is the bar fight. Do both the bar fight? Well, that's I guess not both of them because you don't really see the second one, but yeah. but that first bar fight it, is really solid, really good. And that does to me that's that's the thing that this movie does really well. Matthew Vaughn does really well in these movies, mm-hmm. is that we're going to you have a general idea about Kingsman, you have a general idea about who Colin Firth mm-hmm. is, but in one fight sequence. And this is the Hong, this is Hong Kong yeah. shit. We're going to tell the whole story of this person. Yeah. So he's going to give you some dialogue beforehand. You're going to get a little bit of glimpse of the, the person's personality and character. He locks the door and then proceeds to tell the story about himself and the training that he has to show Eggsy that, hey, by the way, you think you have it. You're not there yet, but you can get this. I'm going to show you what like, you can yeah. get, which is a single-handedly beat five or six guys at a bar and to not, not be worried about it. So then we have that, and we call that back. We have that fight scene there, and that calls back to the to the church fight scene. Yep. And then you, now you're not surprised as to why he's destroying a bunch of random regular people in a church yep. with a gun. So it's like even that parallel des- decision making is really really smart. And this is a fucking action yep. movie. And we, I see shit in a fucking Marvel movie. I go, this is terrible. Yep. This is fucking terrible. And obviously Matthew Vaughn can make a movie. Larry Cake's a great movie. Um, he, he did, was it Rise or he did War, Planet of the Apes? Did he do one of those movies? I think he did. I think he did War. 
Right? No, which one's the second one? He did the second one. At... Wait, hold on. Dawn of the Planet of the right? Apes? Did he do one of those? Is that him or is that somebody else? No, he didn't do a planet. Who did? Hold on. War of the Planet of the Apes. That was... Oh, Matthew oh, he Reeves. Did, he did. Matthew Reeves. He did Kick-Asses is what he did. Yeah, because Matthew Reeves is doing ass. the Batman. Yeah, he did Kick-Ass is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, which I haven't seen. And he did class. X-Men, so he did that. He did First Class, yeah. right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So even then, coming, coming to the directing game late in life, <laughs> later in life, mm-hmm. Dude has it on point. The best part about directors like um, Matt, Matt, Matt Vaughn mm-hmm. are the same things I feel about um, Ty Sheridan. Okay. Like these guys just fucking like come to it later and they just crush it. Yeah. For the most part, at least. Just crushing it for the most part. What's the not most part with either one of them? Um, well, I, don't, I mean, X-Men's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's probably great. one of his weaker movies. Yeah, you know, and people love Kick-Ass. I haven't seen it. People love yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but... Um, and you think I would see it because of Nicolas Cage, but I just haven't. Yeah, because Jim Carrey's in the second one. That's right. And then, and then Sheridan, I, um, didn't care about, uh, what's it called? Um, Wind River. Dude, that makes me sad. I love... Wind River. That's one of my favorite movies. Hit. That's such a fucking good movie. I thought it was fine, but I think he writes he writes better he writes better movies like fucking Sicario. Like like the fact that he can he wrote Sicarios, like he he's he's a great writer at, at that, that cerebral uh, tension filled stuff. Taylor Sheridan and Ty yeah, Sheridan yeah. is a different guy. Okay, That's Cyclops. Cyclops. Isn't that tough? I'm pretty sure that's tough. Pretty sure that's Cyclops. Like first, like I don't know. He's a mud, right? Yeah. And mm. Ready Player One. One of those, he's the... one, of those one of those nights where I'm getting all the names wrong. Yeah. I'm usually really great at names too. Um. No, but he, yeah, him and fucking him, he just he had Yellowstone. He did Yellowstone apparently. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that yet, but apparently it's really fucking good. Okay. So yeah, I wanted to watch Yellowstone because that's got um. Who's it? Oh, Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey. Ooh. That's a what I call an easygoing Ooh. review mm-hmm. of Kingsman. We'll be back next week with Golden Circle. Yes. After that, we begin the real. The real leader? The real one. Ramp up, if the you re- will. The real one. The real one. <laughs> The real one. That's it. That's the Matrix. And I think we have to carve out four hours. Um, For Matrix 1, probably. Just the Matrix alone. Um, We're going to go frame by frame. We're going to watch the movie with you guys. We're going to watch. We're going to do a commentary, and then we're going to do an hour, two-hour long breakdown after. But what happens is I I guarantee I have to set aside at least 30 minutes for uh, Dragula Uh, just to talk about how important it is to the movie. Of course, we have to. We have to talk about that. 
we have to talk about why we have to consistently go to dive bars to live like we are Keanu Reeves listening to Dragula. Uh, we need to talk yeah, about honestly, how we should always follow white rabbits wherever they show up. Yeah, honestly, if in uh, in if in Resurrections, Resurrections, Resurrection, I just saw it. I thought it was just Resurrection, Revelations. I can't remember what it's called now. Reloaded. Re- Revolution. Resurrections. Revolution. Resurrection. So, in 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 Matrix Four. I feel like that's just easier. Just do Matrix. Yeah, and and M Matrix Four, in ID Four, there has to be. Just a, a hint of Dragula. Dragula specifically, or just Rob Zombie? No, Dragula. All right. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could it could be it could be, it could be Neo like walking down the rainy street, going to his apartment, and he's passing by a club, and this from the outside, you just hear a, and you just hear that, and then he's like, he's like, he he looks at the at the at the fucking club, there's a rabbit there, and he goes, not today, kids, and then he goes back to his apartment, and that's that's all we need. And sure, so most people probably won't get it. But I will. But for the people that know, don't get it. People that understand how important that thing. And honestly, I have that record on vinyl. So the day of, I'm going to send you a Instagram vi- or a video of me listening to Dragula on vinyl, loading up Matrix Four. I I. And, and honestly, what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch the whole movie, and be like, "Hey, did you watch the movie yet?" And you're going to be like, "Yes or no." And then the moment, when you say yes, I'm going to send you an overdubbed video of a scene that could definitely use it if there's no Dracula. So. Fair enough. Be prepared for that. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back next week with more Kingsman. See you guys.